Welcome to the Shalhaba Community Church Podcast. We hope you're encouraged by the following message. And I wanted to show you a scripture in the book of, uh, the book of Exodus, I believe it is, this morning. Chapter 2, if you want to turn to it this morning. It highlights to us the power of compassion. In Exodus chapter 2, it gives us a picture how compassion has the power to change the world. Amen? You know, we were reading during the week, I think uh, Dan actually mentioned that, um, about how Jesus was moved with compassion. Uh, I believe that compassion has the power to change the world that we live in. And uh, this scripture here in Exodus chapter 2, 1 through to 6, we see it here as a picture. I'll read it to you. It says, And a man of the house of Levi went and took his wife and daughter of Levi. So the woman conceived and bore a son. And when she saw that he was a beautiful child, she hid him three months. But when she could no longer hide him, she took an ark of bulrushes, uh, dabbed it in it with asphalt and pitch, put the child in it and laid the reeds by the riverbank. What's happening here? is that, that the, the ruler at this time had said that all the male um, um, Israelites uh, were to be put to death. So this is the background to the story of Moses. This is what we're talking about. This is the child and the mother and father, the parents. It says in verse 4, And the sisters stood afar off uh, to know what would be done to him, Moses. Then the daughter of Pharaoh came down to bathe at the river, and the maidens walked along the riverside. And when they saw the ark among the reeds, she sent her maid to get it. And when she'd opened it, she saw the child, and behold, the baby wept. Listen to this verse. So she had compassion on him and said, This is one of the Hebrews' children. This is one of of the Hebrews' children. She looked and she had compassion on him. If you know the story, um, Moses eventually becomes the deliverer of the nation of Israel. Moses eventually becomes the one that leads the uh, children of Israel out of 430 years of poverty. He's raised up by God. You know the story, the story of the plagues, uh, the, the staff in his hand. You know the, the time where, he, if you haven't read it, you can read it. But the time that God calls Moses, uh, the burning bush experience, and they have this to and forth. And Moses saying, God, I'm not very confident in front of people. And God, I'm not very eloquent in front of people. And God gets a bit mad at Moses and says, Moses, you can do it. But anyway, I'll send your brother with you. And as we move forward, we see that it all traced back to one act of compassion. I wonder how the story would have went if it wasn't for the compassion of Pharaoh's daughter. I wonder what potentially would have happened if she didn't have compassion, if she wasn't moved on the inside, that her, her caring, her mercy, her compassion, her selflessness was literally the saving of the nation. Hallelujah. See, I want to say today that compassion is the power to change our world. Compassion has the power to change the world that we live in, amen. And we see that so powerfully. Her act of kindness triggered an event that led to the deliverance of a whole nation. God's plan, His plan was accomplished through her compassion. And I believe today with all of my heart, it's still the same today. God's plans on the earth are accomplished through and by people that have a heart for compassion. Or a heart of compassion. I'm sorry, you've preached too many times this week. God's plans are still accomplished today through people that have a heart of compassion. And that's what we see here in this story of Exodus chapter 2, the story of Moses. How Moses, through one act of compassion, became the deliverer of a nation. Powerful. 
Compassion is a force, I believe, that will move us to reach our city, our friends, and our nation. In fact, as we were reading the week before last, we see in Matthew chapter 9, verse 36, but when he saw the multitudes, Jesus, he was moved. That word moved there, literally that his stomach was twisted on the inside. His guts was moved. Jesus' insides were turned. He felt so moved by what he saw. With, and it says that he had compassion with them because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no ship. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is truly plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into the harvest. He saw, he felt, he was moved to action. You know, many people today, many Christians today, we can be so desensitized by the world in which we live. We can be so disconnected from a heart that's moved by compassion because we're continually bombarded with images, whether it be on the television or through our news feeds, what we're always seeing the potential of distress and heartache and things happening in the globe. And if we're not careful, we can start to have an attitude of sentiment rather than compassion. What sentiment does, sentiment soothes us. We look at it and we go, oh, those poor people. We get sentimental and that soothes us. Oh, isn't that sad? that those people over there are living like that. Sentimental. Our sentiments can soothe our heart, but compassion on the other side, it moves us. When we get compassionate and we allow the heart of God to live in us and to breathe in us and to pump through our veins, no longer are we soothed by what we see and just go, oh, the poor people. No, we are moved by what we see out of compassion and we want to stand to action. We want to do something. Amen. You're going to get upset with me by the time this message is finished. You will not like me. And I am so happy. Amen. Too many Christians are soothed rather than being moved. We'd just rather be soothed. We sit in our little bubbles, our little worlds, and go, oh, how sad it is for such and such and for those people. Oh, the poor things. Let me do the Christian thing. I'll pray for them. It's good. You should. But I think Jesus calls us to a little bit more than just saying, I'll pray for them. In fact, I'll put my hand in my pocket, get out my wallet. My pockets are so long now but I'll put my hand in my pocket and I'll match my compassion with my resource and I'll, I'll invest it in helping rather than just feeling like, oh, those poor people. No, I'll allow compassion to stir in my heart and be moved by what I see. But the problem is potentially that we get so sentimental and we soothe ourselves into inaction rather than action. Jesus saw the crowd and he was moved with compassion. Are you being soothed today or are you being moved today by the world in which you live? I don't care where you come from. I don't care how much money you've got or how much money you haven't got. I don't care how educated you are. I don't give a rip about any of that. It's whether or not your heart is moved by what you see around you. 
I told you you won't like me. Some people are thinking, where'd the other pastor go? <laughs> Amen? Sentiment soothes, compassion moves. Many Christians are much more into being soothed than being moved. Jesus, don't interrupt my life. Don't interrupt my lives. We've got little signs like this that we put over our heart. Do not disturb. I'm having a great life. I've got it all worked out. This is happening. That's happening in my life. Retirement's looking great. Holidays are looking awesome. All that stuff's looking great. It's all good. I'm not saying it's bad. But if all that's more important than God disturbing our hearts, interrupting our lives and saying there's a need there, I want you to be moved. There's a problem with that, friends. There's a massive problem with that. And we'll discover why in a moment. Amen. Caring moves us to give so that others can live. Luke chapter 10, verse 30, 30 to 35. Jesus tells a story about uh, um, um, the, the Good Samaritan. And we, we see in Luke uh, chapter 10, as I said, starting in verse 30, so Jesus answered and said, A certain man went out down from Jericho, fell among thieves, who stripped him of his clothing, wounding and departed, leaving him half dead. That's a description of many people around the globe today. Without Christ, no hope, half dead. Living, but not truly alive. You got it? Then in verse 31, it says, Now by chance a certain priest came down that road, and when they saw him, he passed on the other side. Likewise, the Levi, when he arrived at the place, came and looked and passed on the other side as well. Listen to this thought. What the priest and the Levi had going for them was a calling, an anointing, an office, a ministry, an education, blessing, prosperity, and respect. But none of that made a difference to that dying man. None of it made a difference to that dying man. You can have it all, but have nothing without compassion. Compassion. But it goes on and says, But a certain Samaritan as he journeyed came where he was, and when he saw him, had compassion. So he went to him, bandaged his wounds, pouring oil and wine, and set him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. On the next day when he departed, he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper and said to him, take care of him. Whatever you do, spend. you need to spend more. When I come back, I will repay you. He had compassion. So he went to him. Compassion moved this man. It, it cost him. It cost him. Caring costs. Saving other lives costs. Caring for those that are poor and in need costs. But I want to say this morning that not caring is incredibly costly as well. It cost the Samaritan that day. His life had to be interrupted. His journey had to be interrupted. His plans had to be interrupted. His wallet had to be interrupted. His family was interrupted. Everything about his life on that day was interrupted. Why and by compassion. Compassion. You see, having compassion will cost us. But not having compassion will cost us even more. That day, the Samaritan, he saved two lives. As he valued the perishing man's life, his own life became more valuable as well. The priest and the Levite, who were God's servants, had no compassion, so they didn't go to him. They didn't care. They didn't help. 
They did not value this man's life above their own convenience and their, and their own comfort. But I want to say this morning, it cost them. Not caring is far more costly than caring. What are you saying? I'm saying, well, if you read the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 5, don't do it. Chapter 25, don't do it now. Caring costs us. Amen? I said it before, I'm a terrible camper. I, I like just, you know, toast and boil the kettle. Love my rooftop tent. Better than a pillow top bed, I tell you. It's the best thing ever. It's snuggly in that. Don't have to worry about any bugs biting me. Any thought about rats running around the room. You know, it's just awesome. Some of the sights and sounds and smells and stuff like that. I don't particularly like all that. But you know what I know? It's not about me. It's about others. We sit in that little village there and, you know, we meet all the, all the Nivan guys and we just think, oh, it's no big deal. It's changing their world, the very fact that we take the time out of our calendar to come and be with these poor people. It means the world to them. It just means the world that we would come and be with them. Caring costs us, but not caring costs us even more. Matthew chapter 25. Jesus tells a story. He's telling it in the context of the end of time where God gathers up all people and he makes this, 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 this comparison between two groups of people. One group is the goats. The other group is the sheep. And the, the, the context is eternal life, eternity. The thing to note with that story is this. Both the sheep and the goats believed that Jesus was Lord. Both the sheep and the goats trusted in salvation in Christ the Saviour. Both the sheep and the goats had an understanding uh, of salvation. They both were believers. They both said, Lord, Lord. The sheep were commended because they fed the hungry. They clothed the naked. They gave a water to those that were thirsty. They visited those who were in prison. The sheep cared and it cost them. The Lord said, well done, my good, good faithful servants. Enter into your rest. But for the goats, it cost them nothing. He said, you never clothed me. You never fed me. You never gave me anything to drink. You never visited me when I was in prison. Depart from me. I don't know about you. But that's a scary thought right there. Oh, well, Lord, I'm just saved and trusting yes you are but the Bible is very clear faith without works is dead useless we are saved to make a difference we are saved to go into our worlds and care but too many people today especially in our Nation and as believers, we get so caught up in the world's culture thinking that it's all about me, all about my future needs, all about what I have now. No, I believe that we need to understand that caring costs us, but also not caring will cost us ultimately very, very more. The priest and the Levite were afraid of losing their time, their income, their convenience, their comfort, but what they lost was their soul. 
Christianity is all about compassion and caring and being selfless. And those things cost us. But not having those things cost us even more. little quote from A.W. Tozer this morning. He says, Among all the plastic saints of our times, Jesus has to do all the dying, and all we want to hear is another sermon about his dying. <laughs> Thinking, you know, we were that far away from sleeping in this morning. You're all very quiet in this Presbyterian church this morning. You know, I've sort of thought about this message and we, we need to hear this. Otherwise, we'll get lulled into thinking that this beautiful life that we've been blessed with, this beautiful city that we live in, our beautiful homes, they're all about us. You've missed it if you think that. There is a world that needs saving. You know, during the week as we were reading, we were reading um, one of the scriptures and um, uh, it's about the story of John the Baptist and, and Herod. And um, we, we, we hear the story um, that, that John the Baptist is in prison um, and then John uh, sends one of his guys out to see whether or not this guy Jesus is really the one who they've been waiting for. And so we see in, uh, in Matthew that the John, John the Baptist's um, friends go and they, they, they catch up with Jesus. And Jesus says, well, well here's the fruit. Um, I'm, I'm opening uh, the eyes of the blind. We're, we're giving sight, uh, sorry, sight back to those that are blind, uh, hearing back to those that are deaf. Um, um, we're, we're, we're raising the dead. He lists all these miracles and he goes on the last one. And this gets me. And he says, and the gospel is being preached to the poor. So he lists all those things. And the last one is, and the gospel is being preached to the poor. If you look that up, Isaiah chapter 61, that flips it right up, up because it starts out with how God has anointed me. And he starts with the first part of, of the signs of the gospel and the coming king, kingdom, the preaching of the gospel, bringing good news, good tidings to those who are poor. We need to get stirred in our heart. Amen. Hallelujah. Awesome. Amen. Richard. It's good for our hearts, church. Amen. Good, good for our hearts to hear. I don't know about you, but we, we have such opportunity in the world that we live to make a difference. Just got to not allow just that sense of sentiment to get into our hearts. If, if our Savior was moved by what he saw, then we need to allow our hearts to be moved by what we see as well. In our neighborhood, neighbors, friends, whatever it might, might be. Listen to this this morning. Just had that text as we conclude this morning. If I could have the, the band to come up, that would be great. We'll, uh, we'll finish with a song this morning. Amen. What will 
Jesus asks you when you stand before Him, Did you have a happy life? Buy all those things that you always wanted? What will he ask us? Listen to these few thoughts as we conclude this morning. Jesus, he's not going to ask us what kind of car we drove. He's going to ask us what did we do for the helpless. He's not going to ask us what type of clothes we wore. He's going to ask us, who did we help to clothe? He's not going to ask if we ate in fancy restaurants. He's going to ask if you fed the hungry. He's not going to ask if you got promoted at work. He's going to ask who you promoted in life. He's not going to ask what kind of house did you live in. He's going to ask, did you love your neighbours? He's not going to ask how much money you made. He's going to ask how much money you gave. He's not going to ask how much you saved. He's going to ask how many did you save. We all have an opportunity, in whatever it may be, to make sure that we don't allow our hearts to become compassion less where is the world that God's calling you to make a difference where, where is that place that God's asking you to invest who are those ones that God's wanting you to go out of your way because friends caring will cost but not caring will be far more costly the writer of Colossians gives us great advice he says in Colossians chapter 3 verse 12 therefore as God's chosen people How cool is that? Us. He says, Therefore, God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion. Chosen of God, clothe yourselves with compassion. Compassion is an attitude. Compassion is a mindset. Compassion is a choice that we make. But I want to give you a little, little revelation into that right now. Jesus said, where your treasure is, there your heart will be. If you want a greater heart of compassion, start to invest somewhere. Start to give towards some need. Start to give towards someone else that is in need. And your heart automatically will be connected to it. You know, four years ago, going over there, I was, oh man, this is tough. Can't we stay in a resort somewhere again? But you know, move on. You just get over all that. It's like, and you get there and it's like, well, we're not here for us. We're here for them. Sure, it's a bit dirty and dusty and it's all that. Because where your treasure is, there your heart will be. Are you investing? Are you giving? Are you starting to care for, 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 for someone, for someone, for, for people around about you. Just two little words for people this morning, just as we conclude today. 
I believe that if we care, we won't mind a little plundering of our goods for the unloved, the unreached, and the untold. Are you living and giving like there's an eternity to prepare for? Because Jesus said everything that we do in his name, he'll reward us accordingly. And some of the most incredible people that we'll meet in heaven, some of the most unknown people on the planet, but God sees everything. God knows everything. They don't have to stand there and put on a big show. They're out there giving and sowing, caring. Let's bow our heads as we, we close. Father, we thank you this morning. You call us to care. You, you've called us to have hearts of compassion. Right now as we stand before you, Lord, if there'd be hearts within us today that we've lost that edge of, of really just stopping and thinking that you've blessed us with so much not just to spend upon ourselves but Lord you've blessed us so that we can be a blessing help us never to move away from that truth Lord help us wherever it may be in whatever part of the world it may be in any group of people today we just we just pray, Lord, that you would help us. Stir our hearts with compassion. Thank you for this church, Lord. Thank you for our church family, God. Father, may, may we continue to stir each other and stir our hearts with a sense of compassion. But there is a world that you're calling us to change. And so, Lord, today we thank you. Create within us a clean heart if need be, Lord. Stir within us a heart that says, God, whatever you've blessed me with, I know that I am blessed to be a blessing to others. Help me today, Lord, to see those around me, to see those windows, those individuals, those groups that you're calling me to reach out to, to help, to care. And everybody said, Amen. Amen.